Gaming MBS episode 156 coming to you Tuesday, September 12th, 2017. Welcome to Gaming NBS Tabletop RPG Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. Glad to have you along with us. So, you know, speaking of glad to have you along, holy crap, our listeners are awesome people. Last week, Sean mentioned the whole Gamers versus Harvey thing. We're trying to we're going to take our um, month of September Patreon and any other support people throw to us and send it to a Houston food bank. And uh, lo and behold, we've, we're already at 100 bucks an episode just on Patreon. It, uh, so that is awesome. You know, we, we fully expect some people are going to say, look, I'll help you in September. I, I can't do this going forward. Totally fine. Not a big deal. It's just the generosity that people have just in uh, in a week's time to say, hey, we can help you all out here and uh, we can give to a worthy cause. Some gamers doing some cool shit. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. All right. Sean's, Sean's having fun. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over here, man. Anyways, yes, uh, the we since we came to our 100 mark per episode, we it's the target practice sh- showdown, Brett. Oh my god, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh wow. Okay, so you can drive now, right? I can drive. <sighs> so let's see. We got to pick a weekend and get your ass out here. Yeah. <laughs> get you out here. I got the I got the guns. We'll get you out here. Set you up and uh see what we can do. Sounds like a plan. Gotta make it happen. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh now that'll probably go down after after this month, but that's all right. It's all uh, right. Because it's, it's a goal to hit, not a goal to sustain, right? That's true. Uh, and the reason we're high is because a few people have kicked up their pledges. We've gotten a couple, maybe one or two new ones for hashtag gamers versus Harvey, mm-hmm. which is the uh, it, the donations to the Houston Food Bank, um, which so far uh, that has donated 370 bones. Not bad. Not bad at all. So 370 bones to that. That's just for folks that have already donated and the month's not even over. So uh, we should be able to come in close to that or exceed that just our show alone, which will be nice. And then, uh, geez, I don't know. Maybe we have to turn it over and do gamers versus Irma. <laughs> we may we may well have to. Jeez. I know Bob and Jen Brinkman. Um, stay safe, you two. Chances are you're not going to listen to us at all between now and while you're watching what's going on down there. But uh, there's a number of gamers that if you're on Google Plus or Facebook and you're following gamers, there's a lot of people down south. And uh, I don't just mean to single out Bob and Jen. We just happen to we've had Jen on the show and good friend of the show, and so is her husband Bob. So stay safe, everybody, and uh, hopefully everything will turn out for the best for you. Yeah, Eileen has uh, fled. The Florida panhandle as well, I think. And yes. A few others. So. Saw that. Yep. Well, for happier note, um, <clears throat> event registration in, for GameholeCon is open. And um, I think pre-reg for badges closes on the 11th, if I'm not mistaken. So get your badge pre-regging done if you've not already done that. 
which means Sean and Brett probably haven't got our pre-reg badges. And Sean is holding up to the camera so I can see it. He has the stuffed mimic plushie that they have this year, which is really freaking cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Somebody paid me a visit to see how I was doing. and Oh, that's nice of him. Provided me one of those stuffed plushies. Very a nice. Get, a get well mimic. It is a get well mimic. It has not eaten my face off. What? Not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. I mean, Alex wouldn't bring you a hungry mimic. I mean, that'd just be rude. Well, true. <laughs> so in other convention stuff, I mentioned this last time, but Evercon, our pre-reg is open. It, if you pre-reg for tickets for Evercon, it is uh, 35 bones. That's it. 35 bucks for a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday convention. At the door for the weekend will be 40, so you're going to save yourself five bucks. And you can get your games submitted, your panels, your uh, board games, card games, war games, anything you're looking to do there. Get that up. We've got more and more games and events starting to show up on the website as we get them in. And my partner Alpha is working his behind off, getting all that stuff wrapped up and put on the site as quick as we can. So hopefully we can see some uh, Gaming BS folks who are able to make it there this year. So that'll be a lot. Or I should say next year because it's January 5, 6, and 7 of 2018. So it'll be good to see folks there. But, you know, it's January and uh, it's freezing fucking cold in Wisconsin. And what else you got to do but leave your warm house, zip over to the convention, and hang out for three days and game in a nice, warm, plush environment. It's all good. It's all good. Any other announcements, Sean? No, I don't think so. I caught Sean mid-yawn with that question. That was bad. All right, Sean. (laughs) Let's let's get into Random Encounter. Pretend we know what we're doing here. Random Encounter. Uh, Emails, voicemails, comments from social media. Uh, Brett, you want to start it off? Sure can. Let's see. What do we have here? Ah, on episode 155, Mistakes. I did note... The Sean retitled the show to Brett's mistakes, I, I, oh, which I liked. Did I, <laughs> did, did I do that? He says. So Brian Ross and Crimfam commented on our website. Michael P chimed in. Jared Rasher hit us on Facebook. So we got a couple people. I'm probably I'm either going to get a beatdown or a pep talk here. We'll see what happens. Brian Ross. We'll start off with him. He said, as to Brett's comment about weak characters 35 minutes into the episode, I think it's an interesting situation when players are not used to playing quote-unquote normal characters become very frustrated at the GM and the game. I think some players need to open their minds to different scenarios or challenges and just enjoy the story, which includes losing. Interesting topic. Hmm. Very good. Brian's in my game group. He's like, what? Sean Sean doesn't make mistakes? (laughs) I thought I'd put that in there. I didn't see that one. I saw you probably skillfully edited that out, which is really sweet of you. All right, I'll continue on. Crim fan said, one thing musicians, especially ones in an improv- improvisational genre like jazz or blues, need to learn is to play through your clams. I think there's a double entendre there. I'm not sure what to do with it. But anyway, meaning to play through your mistakes. Oh, that's what it is. Play through mistakes uh, you make without letting your audience become aware of them, or if you're really good, making them feel intentional. Feeler tone is probably the hardest thing to crack. You, uh, you take a tune with one feel and, and another player is taking it a different way, you're really going to have a hard time to bring things together. Though really amazing players can jump from one feel to another for effect, occasionally breaking the fourth wall a bit. Sometimes you end up with real discovery. Let's see. Ah, yes. I think GMs need to learn how to play through their clams as well. What are the parallels? Feel and tone. Well, you can have things jump from one feel to another, say drifting from serious to a bit cartoony. 
then the hit back to serious can really land. If you manage to do it, treat it as an opportunity. Writing things down, as much of a hassle as it is, I always try to write a recap. Players may or may not read them, but they can. It helps me fix the events in my memory. In the mail-in game I run, things are really, really complicated. I mentioned it before. The campaign started in 1999. Holy shit, dude. Um, and it's filled with little details, old adversaries and allies, and so on. Just mining that is very helpful for me to develop new adversaries and situations, but it also means nearly everything is a kind of fractal level of detail, where things gain detail as attention zooms in. But this depends on my ability to come up with what I need when the PCs focus attention on it. That's something that really depends on the GM and players going along with each other. The other night, the PCs got interested in something I, quite frankly, hadn't had a chance to develop well. There were some old giant runes that started uh, as a backdrop for the combat, but that the PCs ended up getting interested in as they uh, think their current foil, a cloud giant wizard obsessed with the machine uh, of Lum the Mad, is interested in the ruins. Well, I guess he is now. Anyway, as the game takes place online, I was busy taking or letting them talk to e- busy talking or letting them talk to each other while trying to come up with something on roll twenty in the background in case they decide they really wanted to pursue that direction. However, fortunately, they took the bait, uh, pulling them in other directions and stayed in RP rather than exploration. Whew! Well, next time they'll definitely go exploring the old giant ruins, so I know what I need to do now. Very cool. Good stuff, Grim Fan. Thanks, man. Over to you, sir. Uh-huh. Michael P. writes, I swooped right in on that last ticket yesterday, Brett. Uh, the DeLorean is cooling off in the garage. Oh, that must be for uh, the uh, Streets of Avalon game I had. One ticket open. Neat. One of the biggest mistakes I made as a DM was back in high school. My AD&D second edition gaming group was always really excited to get to the end of every adventure. Like, really excited didn't make much sense to me. I thought the games were good, but I didn't think I was that much of an amazing DM. At the end of one of our sessions, I calculated the experience and handed out the totals to everybody. I was struck by the sudden realization that I hadn't divided the total by the number of players. Whoa! Didn't take very long for everyone to remind me that I had never done that. I don't remember if I changed it after that. Probably not. My mistake ended up in people enjoying their character progress. Even if I had corrected it by the time I was aware of what I was doing, I had a table of level 12 to 15 characters, and they were getting into some higher-level business. At that point, they were going to be raking in larger sums of experience anyway. Shrug. Yeah, it's kind of a roll with it. You know, you, you, you make that mistake, you can either retcon or go, ah, you know what? Shrug. Let's carry on. Fair enough. Jared Rasher over on Facebook says, I had a very similar experience running DCC when the game, Dungeon Crawl Classics, of course, when the game does uh, does have its over-the-top artwork and some crazy results in the various tables because uh, of its inspiration. I was thinking of campaigns that called to mind Elric and Conan and Fafra the Mauser. I even had the opening funnel of the campaign start off with an elf champion who happened to have a magical weapon of great power, quote-unquote, save the world by killing off most of the people in the PC's village, thus denying uh, them to uh, a cult that had captured them for sacrifice and a ritual to their demon god. I was hoping that would set the tone. We had fun, but it was very much goofy fun. Knowing the kind of person I am, I never, <clears throat> I'm never going to run a, quote-unquote, low-humor game. It's not my nature to not make jokes here and there while I'm running a game. The best analogy and tone I can come up with 
come up with is that for my personality, if I'm going for a serious game where people are supposed to be disturbed or freaked out by something, I'm hoping to lean my games closer to Supernatural than Ash versus the Evil Dead. Supernatural has plenty of moments where they joke around and eventually the same old monsters become commonplace. However, there is usually a new threat that, at least for the few episodes, is creepy or so powerful they can't take it too lightly. On the other hand, Ash vs. Evil Dead is predicated on the pendulum of Ash does something badass, then it swings the other direction to Ash does something amazingly dumb, and erases the badass thing he just did. I don't think the game systems are the only element in the equation, but I do think that when thinking of the tone I was hoping to set, I got closer with Shadow of the Demon Lord than I did with DCC. I know some people use Shadow of the Demon Lord for some serious heavy horror fantasy. My games never quite got that grim, but I think I hit closer to the supernatural tone, where something would be scary or creepy, the group would get used to it, joke around, and then I'd have to up the threat level. I don't think that's the fault of DCC. I think DCC plus my natural GM tendencies plus the group I was playing with equals a goofy game. Shadow of the Demon Lord plus my natural GM tendencies plus the group um, equals a game with lots of humor, but some serious moments and a few moments of creepiness. A tricky part about establishing tone is always going to be the number of variables at play. If you have this exact same GM and the exact same players, then you may uh, then maybe you can determine if the game system is what you need to tune to get different campaign styles to work. But even then, having three to seven or more humans remain in a quote-unquote static state in their lives and moods for long enough to test this theory may be a challenge in and of itself. Uh, good point. Good point. <laughs> and Sean made that too when we were talking. When it's men and women that I've gamed with for over 20 years, you know, some some quote-unquote only 15. But uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes it is the um, this system is not quite the right one for this group to invoke a tone. This other one may or may not have been better. So I would agree. I wouldn't say, I hope I did not come across as DCC is not capable of a thing because that's not the case at all. It was more a case of my group and I having a difficult time making something happen. So anyway, cool. Very good stuff. Thank you for the feedback. So no one, no one was nearly as hard on me as you were, Sean. So that was nice. No, no, no. You must have edited those out before you put them in. I think Christopher Gray was even sympathetic to your cause, and I th- he said I was being a little too rough on you. Well, I did have to have an extra beer or two and cry a little bit in the dark after we got done last hey, time. Hey, nothing, nothing a therapist can't fix. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shall we go on? All right, main topic. All right, Brett, what are we talking about this week? Well, I mentioned it last time, of course, and uh, here we are. How many points to build a character? Now, I know not all game systems use points, but I think we, uh, I think you'll get the point, if you'll uh, pardon that little pun, uh, of what I'm talking about as we get through this. So, when it comes time to build your characters, a bit of a, uh, almost a bit of a tie into our player series is kind of, you know, how many points do they get if... Um, if Sean's running a game of D and D five E, do you ever, um, do you always go by the book? Do you only say, "Hey, you could have these skills, extra skills outside your class," or you could have this other thing, or, or give them an extra something based on a backstory? Is everybody in your group always equal? Is that a thing that your group wants as a conceit? <clears throat> Excuse me, saying a point based system, everyone has one hundred and fifty points for the character, or do you ever vacillate? John Wick gave an answer to this one time. I'm going to paraphrase it. 
And he has said, you know, as many as you need. And so far as if you want to make a certain character, what do you need them to have for that character to exist? Okay, you got that. Off you go. So, Sean, when you think about making a character, do you and your groups, the people you play with normally or whatever, do you usually assume it's a by-the-book scenario that you're, you should not be able to or it's maybe not normal to get extras, bonuses or something just because you want to want a character to be a little different? Uh, we typically do the point by, by the book, um, you know, races will change things up a little bit because they'll get bonuses here and there, but typically don't do the roll them down the sheet kind of thing. Okay. Have you ever done it where it's based on backstory? Um, and then I don't, so anyway, answer a question first, then I'll throw more at you. So I guess it, no, no. Okay. I have done it in the past where my characters, I've actually did this a lot with Vampire where people come up and say, hey, this is my character. And I would say, oh, this is, he looks pretty cool. But uh, what's the, what, what's her, what's, what are you going for here? It looks like you've got a, you know, a Treador, an RT type of vampire, certain types of powers. Wow, you have a lot in firearms. Really? Yeah, well, you know, I kind of want this is what I'm going for. And I would say, okay. Give yourself an extra point in this. Take that one down. Put it over here. I'll give you two more here. There you go. Off and running. And my group would quickly realize that if they had a character concept that I did not stick to by the book all the time, that if there's a good reason that they had something extra, uh, even if it was an extra minus, right? Oh, my God. You took <laughs> 10 extra points of flaws. You, Well, I really want to have a guy who has one leg. Well, you have 10 extra points to buy stuff with. Are you not going to do anything with it? You know, I just I just don't see that. I see this person is, you know, maybe later, but I really don't need those points for anything. I've got the rest of the stuff I want. I just want to make sure I have this flaw. All right. Off you go, dude. So that was a uh, <clears throat> kind of the concept there is based on what the character needs, I may or may not give them extra points or stats, skills, or something along those lines. Now, of course, what that leads to is unequal or unbalanced player characters in the group. Sean, do you th- what do you think would happen? Do you think you could pull that off with the group, with the guys and men and women you play with, or do you think they'd flip out on you? I have never met a player that has ever balked at more stuff. No, I'm talking about one player gets something the others don't, right? Oh, I definitely would see at least one or two pre- people do that. As a matter of fact, Brian would probably do that. Yeah? Yeah. Bri- hey, Brian, you're listening to this? Would you do that? Probably. Go, what He'd the be, fuck, I'm man? Like, hey, I'm going to give Brett, you're going to, that sounds good, Brett. I'm going to give you a plus two in dex. I'm going to give you a plus two in your shooting skill. Brian will be, what? what, what why can't I have what, that? I, I, I want some of that. Let's <laughs> go. Can, can I get some of that? So what, where this started with <laughs> at this, so <clears throat> I would say right up front, if you're going to do that, you have to communicate flat out to the whole group. Say, "Hey, I'm gonna. Hey, I like I like Brett better. Yeah, and, than the rest of you. So oh, screw all y'all. Brett gets five <laughs> yeah. extra points. And if y'all don't want to show up next week, and Brett does, hey, I'm cool with that too. I'm fine with that too. Yeah, because he brought beer, and uh, all y'all slack asses didn't bring That's shit. True. Yeah, there you go. That that comes into play. Extra point per beer brought. Um, 
<sighs> I got into the concept of not everybody has to be equal. And we've talked about like balance and whatnot previously, but it's that concept of if you take the classic example is the Fellowship of the Ring. They're clearly not all the same level at all or equally skilled in various things, but they all do a fair job. They, they do well. And what I've had players in the past that are like, no, I really want, I, you know, it's by the book and so forth. So what I do is communicate to the group saying, look, once you're done with your character build, I want to talk to you. And if you think you're missing something, let's talk about that. And if we come to an agreement that that's what it is, I might give you an extra point or two or something a little bit, something a little bit extra, or we might work a couple extra minuses in to help balance things out, depending on what you really want that character to be. And I've never had that blow up in my face. So I've been very lucky, probably. I'm sure some or somebody somewhere is probably pissed and moaned and complained about it behind my back, or maybe to other character players that I've never heard about. But what usually the reason I've done it is so that everyone's been communicated to. They all know how to get the extras, right? Either give me some backstory, give me a reason why, or what are the cases. But one of the reasons my players enjoy it is the having an unequal party or an unbalanced, to use that word, is so that they can make the characters the quote-unquote the right way. So I had three examples to throw out. Is that if um, in my buddy Shadowrun game I'm playing right now, I'm the grizzled old vet who been around, done this thing. I'm still at the top of my game. So what I would prefer is that he have better than the average player character in the group skills at certain things. And a couple other people are like, well, I want to play my buddy Alpha is playing an up and comer with lots of potential. Um, who's a Decker computer guy. So he had, he would be like, yeah, I would love a lot of extra computer stuff, but not very good at other things. And so on and so forth, kind of tweaking and modifying the character in a specific way. Not in it. When this doesn't bother me is that is when it's very clearly not being done as a power gamer dickhead thing. We're not just trying to become the ultimate badass, you know, who can't be killed or kills everybody. But when you're doing it so that you have a really cool character. So that's why in my groups, that's usually popped up or been, ex- been an acceptable approach. So if you say, hey, I want to be this tough guy. Um, I want a bunch of extra points so I can have, you know, really good at shooting stuff, really smart at tactics. But I'll take, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I, would li- I, I wouldn't mind it if you hacked off a little bit of strength or even constitution, you know, because I'm all about being smarter and using my brains and fighting like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we can work with that. Sure, jack up your shooting people in the face skill by five, drop your strength by two, ding, ding, ding. There, now you've got a character you like. I know some people will say, well, clearly you're either playing the wrong game or something along those lines, but take that argument out for a second. I This has worked for me a lot in the past, and I don't know if that's anything you've ever thought of, Sean, or anything in your groups that have ever wanted to do. Or is this so shocking and foreign that you're just speechless now? Well, I have had an individual in our group want to do that, and it's uh, Jeff usually does. I don't think he listens to this show. I think I call him out. He's the guy who throws his shit in the snow. Um, and he's the one that will get third-party books and 
he's it's funny because he's not a min maxer, but then he is right because he wants this wants this particular build, and he was oh can I get a extra point of this or extra point of that, and to me it's kind of like. I think if you're awarding, if it's a mechanical component, mm-hmm. then I wonder would wonder why somebody wants an extra here or there. Example, so, what would he get? So say you're shooting McShoot face. Yep. And you want an extra bonus in shooting. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, why are you wanting an extra bonus in shooting? Because I want to be a, the best shooter ever. Great. Just starting out. So right there, I think is the important component is if somebody is doing that and you say, well, so our questions have been, I want to be like this, someone in my group. I'm like, well, you could be the, you know, Olympic biathlon champion or the world's greatest sniper. That's fine. But that's like, you're going to have to lose something else. We're going to have to make you older, uh, take the age penalties, slam those on you. Or really hack down on something else because there's I can't have you um be like the best ever unstoppable killing machine and um what what basically what are you willing to give up? They go, Oh dump my charisma, not fucking good enough. Um <laughs> you know. So the one of the other things I do to balance that out in the background is tell people, well, okay, we can do that. However, Jeff I'm not, you're going to get fewer experience points than a lot of other players, a lot of other characters. You're really, really good. You're going to be doing things that are mundane for you. You grow through this, you know, shooting those 10, you know, villains in the head. You do that like blindfolded on Sundays as a, you know, just for something to do. That's not really that challenging for you. I'm going to lower your experience points. So... That that's somebody else who's just you're not just starting out, you want to start out the top of your game. Someone else who is just starting out is gonna get more experience points that they can catch up to you. Once the group starts to level out, then everybody starts to get more experience together as you're all tackling bigger and tougher things. But generally speaking, your shooting McShoot face guy isn't going to advance as quickly as some of the others. Because so he's already incredibly have, good. So why don't you just start him at fourth level? Now, that depends on the type of game, right? If you have a level-based game, yeah, you could just say your fourth level, your first level. You could easily do that. Um, if you're playing a game that doesn't have levels, like point-based buy or something like that, then it gets into, you know, you have more points, you get points through experience, so therefore, do whatever. And even then, if you're at fourth level, then you start them off like the, the bottom end of the experience point rack or whatever the case is. So that's that's a thing I've done... And getting buy-in from the player, like, okay, I'll do that for you, dude. But just remember, this is how this works. Because I don't want them to come, oh, my God, Ann's just getting all these. Man, she's just rocking. You know, she's second level. I haven't moved off of fifth. You started at fifth. This was the agreement. You'd start at fifth. You could be old man badass. And Ange and Sean are playing the up-and-comers that you're coaching. Remember the whole storyline you guys came up with to feed me the line that let me, you know, give you the fifth-level character? Yeah. Once they get to fourth level, let's say, then you can start advancing at normal again. But that type of an agreement I've done in the past as well. Hmm. I'm not saying Inter- it's for, I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it's worked. It's interesting. 
I think I get it. I just I've had uh, like Jeff's usually the biggest culprit that I've had to dick around with where he's like trying to uh, he's trying to wheel and deal his way to a particular path. And I'm like, dude, can't you just take point by and just freaking create your character? And then as levels go by, you tend to. You you will have the opportunity to take the feats that are needed and required and get to the optimum build you are seeking. So if you have a mix in the group of people who are like, look, I like being a zero level wizard who has three hit points and two cantrips. And one of them is, you know, like, you know, Everett's a magic door puller. That's it. You know, I can't do much. I like that because I want to grow up that way. I want to watch my character climb and grow. And somebody else is like, I don't fucking care about that. Slow. I don't need that. Don't want that. That bores the hell out of me. Can't I just start as a fireball thr- flinging mage right out of the gate? Well, if the game you're trying to play is like, look, no, the conceit for the whole game, the premise for the game is everybody is starting at level zero and working your way up. If you haven't... So it's kind of either a time to reinforce that or to revamp it with a group. The main thing for me is that if you're going to change that up, everybody has to have the same equal chance, right? If everyone says, well, if Jeff's going to be fifth level, I get to be fifth level too. Well, Jeff wants to be fifth level because of this. Are you doing it for the same reason? Or are we as a group saying that we want to just start the game at a higher level? I think it honestly works better in a point buying system. I remember the, my vampire days when you you had X number of points for primary, secondary, tertiary skill stats and so forth. It was a hell of a lot easier there because points would get buried in different places. And if you got an extra one in a social skill, no one really gave a fuck. Um, and even in like a basic role playing type of thing for Call of Cthulhu, adding, yeah, give yourself an extra five on that to take it from a 70 to 75% chance. That wasn't as big a deal. A level jump for whatever reason, has a big, oh, he's a higher level. Oh, my gosh. Because there's big things that go with level. So I could definitely see in a level-based game where the argument conversation is, well, why don't we all just start out at fifth level? Is that the experience everybody at the table wants? Yes. Okay, let's do it. A point-by system, I think one of my loves of the point-by systems, allows you to mod your character just a little bit, right? Which is obviously the, the, the we've talked about this before. It's the, the bane and the, it's like the blessing and the curse of it, right? You can mod it or whatever, but giving somebody a little bit extra five, six points and all they get is like one extra dot in strength. Um, to give them an extra D10 in their pool, it's not a lot, you know, it's not like a huge advantage, but it makes that player really happy because they got their character to just have that one little extra thing that helps them out. So I think when you say level-based, I can definitely see where that would uh, not be as palatable, perhaps, as it would be in a point-buying system. At least it feels that way. So with the Star Wars Fantasy Flight game system, which you are not wholly familiar with character generation. No, no, I I job that out. (laughs) You get experience. You get experience points, and then you use them mm-hmm. to build your character. And uh, you spend ten XP or whatever it is to buy a skill, uh, whatever it is. You get so many to buy abilities, and of course, at 
I guess at the beginning of character generation, you cannot move your abilities past a particular um, number. But as you go on, you can exceed that. Anyways, my point B is that you are given the XP based on your race, um, your basics, like the general, I think. It's been a while since I've created a character in that game. But somebody, you don't have to spend all your experience points. You can keep them. Can, so that way when you, okay. get, yeah, you bank them. And so when you get more after the adventure, you have a bigger pool to buy, you know, the thing that costs 20 XP when before you only, you know, you bank 10. So when you get XP at the end of the adventure, you don't have to spend the all 20. You just add 10 to what you got banked. You buy the 20 XP skill or whatever that is. I like that system because that's, see, I think what, the one thing I don't like about kind of like, well, you know, hey, I really want this extra spiel. Can you give me a, can you throw me a few bones? Can you throw me a few chiclets? And it's like, you're giving one character those chiclets, which is fine. And some player groups could give a shit because there's yep. a reason behind it. Well, with Star Wars Fantasy Flight Games, man, you here's your pool. You spend it any way you damn want. But don't be freaking asking me for five extra or ten extra. Because you're that kind of bastard. There's no way I'm going to squeeze well, another extra out of you. Hey, man, here's your basket of eggs. If you want to eat them or your jelly beans, probably, right? Easter. Here's your little basket of jelly beans, player. You freaking do whatever you want with them. You can eat all of them right now. Or you could save a little bit to eat through the week. But if, what if I tell you, like, look, I, I'll, I'll like lose. Don't even give me experience points for like the next five adventures because I want to make this guy. Well, then just take your XP and hold on to it. Like no, you, I, I want to start off. I want to start off. I want to start off this way, and then I can, you know, that's it. And I want to be this guy at the beginning. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, Obi Wan started off kick ass in the adventure. Why, why do I have to be a basic nobody, man? <laughs> now another thing that plays a role in that brett is when you start to now i know you don't believe in balance but there is something to be said when you start fucking around with power shift oh there is no, no matter how you whatever you do to deal with balance and power curves and so forth in your game there is a you have to be comfortable as a game master saying okay my group oh, they is, can start launching fireballs at level yeah. one got it Right. Okay. Yeah, you could say, "All right, you can do that." So, what am I going to? You may have to look the players in the group in the eye. Say, "All right, motherfuckers, y'all want to do that? Here's what's going to happen." Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, or or you said, "Oh, y'all, y'all want to do it?" No, one motherfucker wants. Well, that's the thing. No, because no one is allowed to do that unless the group agrees that this is the thing we're doing. Oh, I see. So the group agrees that freaking Jane or Joe player, yeah, gets the bump. In my experience, that's the only way it works. Is like, look, if you guys want to do this, everybody has the same opportunity. You know, no, I like my character. I really don't see a need. Blah blah blah. That's again, not every group is like this, but I've been very fortunate. Where if I've done that, especially in a point by system, people like my buddy Lenny will be like, nope, I want to be a zero level character. Why? I want I want to enjoy the ride all the way up. And uh, Zave will be like, no, I want to play. You know, a two hundred year old. A eight hundred year old, thousand year old elf. I'll never get another experience point through the whole story. Don't fucking care. I want to start out like this and be a crotchety old elf. But I want to have this stuff. 
I'll drop my strength and do this, this, this. I just, I think this would be a really cool to have this, this thing. What? And then I say, all right, guys, if that's what you really want to do, be prepared. And they go, nope, that's okay. Throw over what you want and I'll kick, you know, beat my ass for it. So you could give a shit where any of these guys start. Depends on the game. Depends on the game we're playing. But if it, it is somebody that wants a build. Uh huh. Then you are okay with saying, uh, uh, you know, that's fine. As long as everybody else is on board, like one player or or everybody. Like, hey, everybody wants to be like shooting McShoot face. If everybody wants to do it, then I'm like, okay. I may say, well, guys, we're going from, we initially talked about a start at level one and work our way up. But what I'm hearing the group say is you actually want to start a hazard class at fifth level. Is that really what you want to do? No, yeah, well, uh, him haw back and forth, back and forth. Will you be okay if I just let one person do it versus the rest of you, and here's how we would handle it? Yeah, okay, you can do that. Or they may say, no, I don't know, that just doesn't feel fair. No, I think we all want to have the same experience. But otherwise, no, I don't give a shit. Whatever the group, whatever we can come up with together and agree to, I'm fine with. Okay. I just That, that creeps you uh, out. Uh, no, I don't think it creeps me out. I just think that there's this, like you, you mentioned, like, well, if we have this one person that wants this particular build, I'm down with that as long as everybody agrees with it. And then I say, well, what if everybody wants that? Then I would just, then me, if everybody wanted to do that, wanted to start out as uh, Billy or, or Brenda Badass, then you would just start them. You, so if it's GURPS and your base points for whatever you're, oh, yeah, if you you're say, allowing is so, 100, yeah, so, well, everybody gets 200. Exactly. There, and, there's and ways level, to... Everybody starts at fifth level. Yep. I've had players also say, look, I would rather... Yeah, but I want to hold to your point like with the Star Wars thing, which is a great example, yeah. where somebody's like, okay, yeah, I'll take a 200-point GURPS build, but I'm going to take... 50 of those points and just bank them. Can I do that? Totally, man. Go ahead. Bank them. Good. Because I want to play somebody who's not quite as good as the rest of the team and is learning a lot. And based on what my character learns through the game, I want to be able to buy stuff that fits. Totally makes sense. Go for it. So you're, but now, okay, so that's okay. But what if you, now you have, maybe, maybe you say one or two out of Four or six players, maybe two of them are seven or eight, actually, in my group. But anyway, <laughs> so eight, and you have okay. So how many out of those eight would typically want to be buffed? Two, one, three, four. Uh, sometimes half. So fifty percent. Sometimes, yeah. So so fifty percent want to be shooting McShoot face, Billy or Brenda badass. Correct. And then the rest are like either I'm good with status quo, I'm mm. good with starting where we should, mm-hmm. and then you might have one that's like I'll even start more gimped. Yes, I've had that. Which is okay. Then what you run into, I am sure, mm. is then you get those four players kicking everybody's ass. So what you're saying though is that they're kicking whose ass? The other player's ass. It's not a PvP game. Oh, NPCs, man. So de- now again, this is when I say it depends on the game. I should really say it depends on the story or the type of campaign. No, you should say. Now well, you should start that whole statement by saying it depends. <laughs> <laughs> so there, it depends. Ah, yeah, see, Brett said it this week. <laughs> so if yes. I'm if I'm running a campaign that is in my bad magic world 
And the idea is supernatural investigators, both um, with magical powers and without. And somebody says, look, I want to be an ex, you know, a retired CIA profiler who teaches classes. I want to be 60 years old, have tons of resources and money and knowledge and so on. I'll be totally physically gimped. I can't, you know, I don't shoot well anymore, blah, blah, blah. But I want to make sure I got extra points in this. Done. Because it's not all about kicking the bad guy's ass or whatever the case is. The story will change and and as they go through and start finding out clues and so forth in an investigation game is totally different than what we're going to do is go save the prince from the dragon. You know, we're going to go find the treasure at the bottom of the, you know, near div and we're going to dive down, fight the dragon monsters and do whatever. So it's not the game so much as the campaign that we're looking to play. Excuse me. Does that make sense? I I have another scenario to pose to you, Brett. Go for it. So what do you do when you play Osric or first edition AD&D? Depends on the campaign we want to play. It depends, Sean. Now the re- <laughs> See, there you go. That's good. <laughs> now, the reason I asked that specific system mm-hmm. and edition and game is because they advance differently. Yes. Oh, that's another that that is good. So what'll right? happen is that you'll have um <clears throat> at the beginning of the game, if I'm going to do this, I will tell people that how I'm going to run experience points. Generally speaking, I do it um, story beat based. I don't do it by awarding XP points. When I'm running a White Wolf game, it's by, point, it's by points. So even if you're so, running Osric, people may or may not advance equally or whatever. Right. So you you grant XP or you just say you're level one, you're level, everybody's level two now? Yeah, I just either tell you you level up or you don't. I don't give, I don't give now, individual do you, XP. Now, Osric in first edition, that's kind of, that can be weird because that's, then you are advancing some characters faster than others. Potentially. Depends, well, d- depending how you're doing it. I, if I'm, if memory serves. Oh, they, they have a different ex- experience point track, no doubt. So if I were to say, look, Sean, you're the mage, uh, you level up. Yep. Fighter, no. Thief, no. Cleric, yes. Oh, okay. I can do that. So, so you do do that? Oh, yes, Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've done that before. I just would say, like, okay, everybody, end of the adventure, you're all level two now. Which if, would g- give some people the shaft, like... Um, oh, yeah, in, in those games, it's a lot. In that game, because the experience point track is specifically built for balance purposes or whatever, I just don't like tracking. I think we've talked about this before. I don't like tracking individual experience points very much in those games because it's a pain in the ass for me. You don't have to track it, though, Brett. That's the beauty of it. You just give them to the players. Yeah, I don't like doing that math. It's just faster this way. Okay. <laughs> you just... Brett's playing wrong. <laughs> there just it is. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, you're not. Do it, playing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's fucked up. That's not how you play. Of course it's not. Whatever. But so, you see my, you see the point though, because absolutely. you know, as a so, thief, as a thief, you like level at fifty every fifteen hundred or something or eleven twenty five, and then as your cleric or magic user or something, it's like every twenty two fifty or something, obs- something. absurd. 
No, it's the, it's totally yeah, different. See, yeah, there's different tracks. Yeah. So again, it's these so, are the conversations yeah. to have with the group. If the group is fine with it, I'm fine with it as well. And if there ever comes a time of bitching and complaining and be like, look, all y'all, um, this is what we agreed to and this is what we're doing. And you can even so stop the ask- you can even stop the bitching by saying, Okay, as we agreed, Sean, you and Alpha and Beta don't level up because you guys are already no XP for you. But you two, you know, Ange, Eileen, and Brandon, you guys get, you know, six XP, go for it. Or whatever. Brett, do you play any games by the rules? Not on purpose. <laughs> Um, so my preference for my preference for most games is that it's the toolbox approach. I like games systems. One of the reasons I like D&D is because it's a toolbox game. I don't need to use the saw all the time. I don't always need to use the pliers or the wrench or whatever. I can use whatever I want. And sometimes I have a crescent wrench in my hand, you know, adjustable wrench. And it's a, as my father would say, it's a crescent hammer. And uh, you only need a screwdriver to take a sh- to take it out of the board. You don't. You can use a hammer to put it in if you have to. Um, <laughs> these are things you could do. So, so there you go, everybody. Mostly. Well, the when the point Brad though is you to play in one of the games. Fucking just whatever. Just buckle in, baby. It's gonna be fun. Just, just it's fun. Push the buttons. Push the buttons. Brad. Brad'll. You know. It's fun though. You had fun playing with me. It, I'm sure it's not that. What do you mean? I'm sure you played with me. You, I ran. I ran. Trail oh, I did, Cthulhu but it was. But it was by the book. It was yeah, uh, Trail ran, of Cthulhu. So, game like Trail of Cthulhu is very. It, Call of Cthulhu is pretty. To me, Trail of Cthulhu is very simple, and running it by the book is just second nature. It just flows so well. Um, this is just coming down to character generation, and I know. Somebody out there is screaming at the at their speakers right now saying, well, play a different game. God damn it. Why don't you just play this other game, which lets people start off as badasses? Why aren't you playing, you know, basic role playing or why aren't you playing um, Knights Black Agents? Because my group doesn't want to. They want to play D&D or they want to play uh, Old School Vampire. They want to play this other game, but they want to play Shadowrun 5th Edition. And they just want to have th- to start off this game with a person. <clears throat> and some of it comes to... Um, Kind of an emulation thing. What are you trying to emulate? I'm trying to, well, we want to have a Lord of the Rings type story. It's not a balanced fucking party. So it's not. I want to emulate a Jason Bourne movie. Okay. Um, Jason Bourne outclasses everybody, even his friends. Nobody, nobody screams at the, at the screen and says, that's not fair. The NPCs are way less skilled than he is. He could clearly beat them. Nobody does that, you know. <clears throat> or even the the partners he's got at different phases. Nobody says they're they're too underpowered. So if that's a type of story looking to emulate, one of the ways to do it is again let your character be what what they need to be in order to have it. I honestly think that if you have a, some groups that this that just flat out wouldn't work for. It just flat won't work. They want they like the level climb. They like to um, like to have. An organized play type of feel. I, that's probably, and it's not meant to be insulting, so please, I hope nobody takes it that way. But they want to go through, get stuff, have a certain level of balance and equality, and and feel that way. Or they want to, even if the world itself is imbalanced, right? They could be first level and run into um, a pack of red dragons that they have to flee from, or a beholder or something. But they don't, they want to, all the characters start on equal footing. 
If they insist on that, this doesn't work. But if they don't want to, if they're cool with having it be a little bit wonky in the party group, I've done it and it works. The only way it works, though, is to have buy-in from the group. You can't just, you can't pull Sean and and say, hey, you know what we're going to do? You guys are supposed to be shooting McShoot face. So your orc sniper in the Shadowrun game is going to be the baddest motherfucker with a gun ever. Like, ever, ever. Here's a special gun. Here's special, 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 special. You're a god. There you go. And don't tell anybody else. And no one else has any chance to even know that such an option is possible. Well, then I'm just making a Game Master NPC with you as a proxy. Because I just want you to have that. Or I'm playing favorites in some way, which is just dick. But does that make sense? So, Brett. Yeah, Sean. What'd you do for Streets of Avalon? What did everybody say? Um, everybody in Streets of Avalon, we had a couple people. They said, How do you want us to roll characters? And I said, Well, um, you can roll them <clears throat> straight down the line. You can roll 46, take the best three. You can use a point by. I don't care. What do you guys want to do? And they said, Well, let's just play everybody first level. Um, Tom wanted to play grandmother. So, I'm like, well, you're older. Do you care first level? Does that fit? No, no, no. Tom said it'll work. This is this will work fine. I don't need to have a lot of extra power or anything. I just want to be kind of the crotchety grandmother person. I don't need to be super powerful druid lady. Okay, cool. That's fine. It, it fit the character. He was happy with it. So everybody was pleased with just having kind of that up and coming. We're going to figure things out together. So it was all point by? No, a couple. I roll. think... I think a couple people did point by for for stats, and most people did roll though. Nobody cared though. They said, "What? However you get your stats, whatever. Don't care." Should have just bid pregens and hand them to them. I could have, but they wanted to make <laughs> their own. They wanted to make their own characters, right? They want to choose their race and class and where they come from and background and all that stuff. Touche. So. But at that See, point, it, it's, I mean, and you get a guy like Kevin. Kevin's like, oh, this character has like a four in strength and a three intelligence. Mine. He loves characters that have like one or two horrible stats or flaws. And my buddy Lenny is the same way. Um, and you have other people who, like me, I want, I, if I had my druthers, I'd take a well rounded character. I like somebody who's pretty good at lots of stuff. I don't usually need to be ultra mega badass at any one specific thing. So it's just an option. I know it doesn't fit everybody, and not every group will tolerate it. Can't wait to hear what groups will and will not tolerate it. <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there has tried it, and they have a black eye or bruised ribs to prove it. So <laughs> I'm sure it exists. <laughs> anyway, oh. if you've if you've done this or if you think I'm crazy, that's fine. Um, Sean clearly thinks I'm crazy. I just, just tell Sean, Sean, play with better people. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> That's why I don't play in Brett's group. Oh, we oh. can't. You can't handle me. It's not. He hasn't invited me. That's the problem. Well, mostly. Well, you can't. You fucking cripple. You can't go anywhere now. You're just all laid up and. Oh God. <laughs> so tired of fucking Jesus. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, if you've got any thoughts around it, let us know, um, and uh, we'll see what we see from there. Shall we move on? We shall. Let's get into die roll. That's really a little. Die roll! Brett, do you have any uh, sitting behind your screen over there somewhere? I do not. I am empty this week. All right. I will fill the gap. Um, 
So papers and pencils, we've mentioned them on the show before. They came out with another great list. D100 materials your post-apocalyptic armor is made from. <laughs> Pretty good. Ranging from like pots and pans to whatever. Check it out. Pop tabs. Pop tabs. Love it. There's a hundred of them. Uh, number two, open letter from Meg and Vincent Baker. So if you do not know Meg and Vincent Baker, um, they had come out with, so Vincent originally wrote Apocalypse World. Mm-hmm. And then he and Meg wrote the second edition together. Uh, Vincent's written a few others. Meg's been in some other um, games as well. But they did an open letter defining what Powered by the Apocalypse is. Cool. So apparently went, they went to Gen Con and I think there was a, either people are mistaking what that is and what it means. And they are like, some of the misinterpretations of that have somewhat irked Vincent and Megan. So they've written a letter to define what that means. So everybody's interested. No, I can uh, totally, right. I can totally see that too, because you come up with a thing and it's no, the Apocalypse World. Yeah, and no, 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 it's not Apocalypse. Oh, so it's licensed. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, if you think about uh, old man Gary Gygax, you know, yelling at people from the pages of Dragon Magazine back in the day, you're doing it wrong. Um, partly because people say, "Oh, this is what D and D is. This is how AD and D is supposed to work." He's like, "No, it was designed to do this thing." And if you made it, <laughs> and Megan Vincent have an opportunity to say, "Look, this is the purpose. This is why we did this. This is what's supposed to be doing." Um. I haven't read it, but if it's like, look, if you're not doing it this way, you're doing it wrong or different, hopefully they would say something like, well, you're doing it different. It's not pure. It's not quite the same, blah, blah, blah. But it it does make sense just to help clarify stuff, especially in there's so many in this golden age of gaming where there's a shit ton of games out there and designs. It is really helpful to have the creators be able to say, look, here's what this is and define it, write it down. And uh, kind of remind, remind us of that stuff from time to time. I think it's a good idea. Well, and in a nutshell, we'll, we'll post the link to that letter. But in a nutshell, it, I think Vincent mentions that it really is just being recognized for the, the intellectual piece of what the game is based from. Oh, that makes sense. Just like recognizing kind of like the origin. I don't, I think really it, read it. Joseph Goodman, DCC, went through great pains to say, this is where this game comes from. This is what its inspiration is. Hammer, 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 hammer. So everybody gets it. Totally makes sense. Right. Anyway, carry on. Third one World Building Basics Six Tips for Geography and Map Making, which is a video by DC Ferguson. I uh, started watching a little bit about it. I thought, eh, you guys may want to know a little bit about this. Nice. I'll have to check that uh, out. And then the fourth one, Dave Beatty's Dark Trails website is up. Awesome. The official website for Dark Trails. Now, update. Dave Beatty is not coming to Gamehole Con. I'm hoping that he contacted Josh the events guy to let them know that his game is not going to be running. I think there was a few people that had signed up for his dark trails games. I think he was running at least two. 
Yeah, he so, had said to uh, Sean and I, uh, message us because of some shift change stuff at the firehouse, Mr. Mr. Bates' fireman, um, that he most likely won't. He's trying to get changes and swaps and things done. It's just leaning in the negative, which sucks. For Mr. Beatty, because oh, so Dave's a hoot. So it's not a done deal. No, like, I, it's I, not a no. I think he's. I think he's hoping against hope that he'll get there, but it feels like a ninety percent thing. So, I, uh, I would just keep checking and um, to see if, uh, um, see if he can show. Hopefully, so. If you yeah, know Mr. So Beatty, happens, you find him. If we find out for positive, he's not going to be able to make it. We'll let folks know, but otherwise, we're hoping Dave can make it because dude's awesome. He's just good to have around. In worst case scenario, we will try to fill it. Like if I need to run a game and I am not busy running around with my head cut off, I would be more than happy to fill that slot with something. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, I, fu- I just remembered, I found, I was looking at my schedule for running my two games. I'm like, oh yeah, one's Friday, one's Saturday. No, Brett, they're both Friday. I start at two and I go straight through. So it's going to be eight hours straight. Or they're two four-hour sessions back to back. I... Apparently, I don't know how to schedule. I don't know what the fuck I did that for. Well, I don't know. Maybe Josh did that because I told him, like, well, at least my games. I'm like, I don't care when you schedule them. Just don't schedule them during important seminars. Oh, that could record be them. Yeah, that could be it, too. So, oh, well. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. Anyways, what are we talking about next week, Brett? Next week, after playing um, a couple different games with some of my buddies running them, and especially after my Shadowrun game yesterday, 5th edition Shadowrun, which was a lot of fun, I want to talk about wear and tear on gear. I know we've talked about gear in the past, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. So uh, we'll dig into that thing and see where, uh, see where it takes us, Sean. That sounds fantastic. Well, this has been another episode of Gaming NBS. It's brought to you with the help from the following patrons to include Christian Sexy Voice Serrano, Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Jeff Rodemacher, Forrest Gary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Sean Nicholson, Jim, Tim Jensen, the Knights of the Night Crew, Palladium, Jason Blaylock, Remy Billado, Jason Hobbs, Hobbs, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, Not Caprio, Pierre Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnson, Eric Tankar, Brandon Barnes, Tim Short, Stan Valley. C.W. Camp, The Lost Sailor, Graham Miner, Todd McGowan, Roger Brassett, Misdirected Mark Productions, Old School DM, Jason, Christopher Gray, Finn Elf, Merkel Froelich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf, Baker, Todd Crapper, Jim Fitzpatrick, Michael Drescher, Wistatic, Alexander Auerbach, Rodrigo Beowulf, Neil Benson, Ron Blessing, Chris Steele, Eric Hoff, Hoffman, Jared Rasher, Soldiers of Misfortune RPG, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Gordon Cranford, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Evan Harrison Cass, Ray Otis, Mark CMG Clover, Eli Kurtz, Ron Bishop, Stefan Dragonspawn, The Closet Gamer, John Hammersley, and Craig Huber. For the cost of a coffee shop coffee, you can support the show for an entire month. What better month than September 2017? Uh, So we can get some funds over to the Houston Food Bank. Uh, Otherwise, thank you, patrons, friends, listeners, gamers, lovers, yeah. Yeah. It's all good, man. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. I'm on your host, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all.